Mushy Mushy, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Homer's Dope Nuts. As always, I am your host, The Simpsons Guy, and I'm joined by El Ray. How are you doing, El Ray? Doing all right. Ahoy hoy, everybody. Uh, how's uh, today been? Getting ready for the apocalypse? Yes. Um, I mean, I guess you can attest to this with me. Uh, it was a very interesting day in the social studies hallway today. <laughs> I don't know. I stay away from it. I heard y'all. I heard y'all. <laughs> I heard y'all uh, discussing stuff down the hall. But yeah, since I'm on the other side of the narrow sea, that's true. I, I get to avoid most of that. Very true. Very true. But I hope everything is going well for everyone, and I hope our country doesn't burn down to the ground tonight. As long as everybody's cool with you know whatever happens, as long as everybody's cool, we'll be all right. We can only hope. We can only hope. All right. Uh, before we start off, uh, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners, Al Ray? Sure. Once again, we're going to shout out our uh, favorite little music store in Corpus, and that is Music House. Music House is a store by musicians for musicians, focused on the day-to-day needs of beginners and professionals alike. Music House helps you bring the music home, whether you need supplies for band class, strings or sticks for a gig, acoustic treatment for your home studio, or even recording specialties we are experienced and stock to help you find a solution. Music House is located in Northwest Corpus Christi off Highway 77 for easy access to South Texas musicians. Follow us at Music House CC on your favorite social media platform or visit us at musichousecc.com for more info. Again, that's Music House spelled M-U-S-I-K-H-A-U-S-C-C. All righty then. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, I have some, uh, what do you call those, soundproofing panels. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of getting some more. Yeah. Will they have some there? I'm sure they will, yes. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to talk to him about getting us a, we had a mic faux pas the other day, so maybe he'll help us out with a new mic. <laughs> we can hope, we can hope. All right. Uh, and I guess this brings us to our episode. This is, we're coming back in time. Remember, we skipped a few weeks last week. Yes, we did in honor of our Halloween episode. Yep, yep. It was, seemed apropos. It's Halloween, so we should do the Halloween episode, especially since it was relatively close. Yeah. All right, so we're going to come back to the fourth episode in the third season. This one is called Bart the Murderer. Kind of an ominous uh, title, wouldn't you you say? Yes, yes it is. And this aired, first aired, October 10th of 1991, many, many moons ago. So we're going to start off with our usual chalkboard and couch gags. Uh, The chalkboard gag, we find Bart writing all over the chalkboard, high explosives and school don't mix. Very true. However, um, man, I think that's one of those jokes that... You just can't even joke about that no, anymore. No, you can't. No. This was pre um, Columbine. Pre Columbine, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's hard to imagine them doing this after that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, totally different world after that happened. Exactly. Right. This th- these these aren't really jokes anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't say that. <laughs> anyway, so the couch gag. The Simpsons all run up to the couch. And they form a human pyramid with Maggie at the very top 
and she does one of those little ta-da yep. poses at the very top. It's always fun seeing Maggie do crazy stuff like that. And this is uh, the first time in a couple of our episodes that we've had an original couch gag. Yes, it is. So. It's a brand new couch gag. By the way, uh, I'd have to say this is one of, one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. Just the feel of it, everything. It's, it's just a great episode. I should preface this, uh, this episode that we're doing by saying that I am a big fan of mafia movies. So, <laughs> yeah, this one resonates. It, it, it goes with the theme. So, uh, we open up with Bart waking up. And he's in a good mood, which is strange because it's a school night. Yeah. It's school day, right? It's school day. And he's really, really happy. He's even happy after he steps down and he steps on one of his toys. Yep. Where he's like, ow. And he keeps walking, ow, ow. But that doesn't diminish the pep in his step. Yes. And so, and yes, Bart's in a good mood. I think he even says that, like, his homework's done and he's ready to go. And Yeah. yeah. Which is very unusual to hear Bart say. Yeah, he's got his, he's ready for the day. Even his homework is done. Yep. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, when Bart walks into the kitchen, uh, my this is one of my the, the gag of Lisa eating the Jackie O's. Yes. The cereal. Yeah. Guess for Jackie Onassis. Mm -hmm. And the prize inside that box. Did you see? No, I didn't see the prize in that one. It was stretch pants. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. They're given inside the box of Jackie O's. I guess that's Lisa's feminist uh, cereal. Yep. You can get free stretch pants in there. <laughs> and Bart goes up to the counter to pull out his cereal. And I guess it's a combination of Count Chocula and Frosted Flakes. Yeah, something like that. Right. And he's looking in there, right? Because he says, looks like I've got a genuine glow-in-the-dark police badge. And he's rifling through the cereal. He's like, hey, it's not here. You stole it. And Lisa's like, no one wants your stupid police badge, Bart. This is when Homer comes in. <laughs> and very excited. Hey, look what I got. A genuine official police badge. Call it all cars. Come out with your hands up. So Homer... Is being the little kid in this situation. Yes, he yeah. snaked his kid's police badge. Bart goes, hey, that's my badge, Homer. To which he says, that's Officer Homer. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Homer entertained by childish things. Of yes, I guess uh, he kept his kid's toy. Yep. Uh, what a bad dad. What a bad dad. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but uh, I guess that this isn't really doing much to diminish Bart's joy that day. And he still goes up to his room to get everything ready to go to the school. And he finds Santa's little helper eating his homework. Yes, the dog literally eating his homework. To which he says, I didn't know dogs really did that. Yeah. yeah. He was surprised that dogs really do eat homework. And I think we should mention that his homework was wrong, by the way. Because yeah, because we saw 99 times... No, I'm sorry, 9 times 9 equals 100. Yeah, so... Yeah, he tried, but... I guess that's better than uh, a lot of kids out there. They don't even try. Mm -hmm. right? My, uh, my message to you guys, try, damn it, try. Yes. Anyway. So I guess Bart's uh, trying to get out of that situation, and then he hears the bus show up to go to school, 
and he starts to like grab his stuff and he starts he's getting dressed as he's running toward the the bus and as he's getting to the bus door it slams shut in his face and he drives off which is very uncharacteristic of Otto yeah especially he was that close to the bus yeah but hey we need to set up the gags right mm -hmm. yes because the bus drives off we see lisa smugly smiling at yep. him and waving goodbye the rare uh, devious side of lisa yeah this. she was taking that schadenfreude yeah that, that. didn't even tell otto you know my brother's out there nope 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 i'm just gonna drive on without her and the second the school bus pulls away we, the, the sky turns black and it starts to rain yeah. And to make things worse, as Bart is walking to school in the rain, a car drives by and splashes him with the dirty water from the street. Has that ever actually happened to you? Not to me, but to friends, yes. I've seen it happen to people, but it's fortunately I've never had that experience, but Well you know how bad it floods in Southmost, right? Yeah, exactly. We've seen some epic, epic or what would you call these? Tidal waves. Tidal waves <laughs> splashing over these people on the sidewalks. Uh, okay. And just to add more to this situation, when Bart finally gets to school, the sky just clears up and it's all sunny again. <laughs> Don't forget the rainbow. Yes, the, the rainbow. Big yes. rainbow in the background <laughs> as Bart finally gets to school and he walks in covered in water. So he finally walks into the classroom right mm -hmm. and Miss Krabobble's like Bart Simpson you're late go fill out a tardy slip and Bart's like but I'm only five then he looks at the at the clock right he's like five ten twenty forty minutes that's pretty damn late yep and he walks out to the office to get a tardy slip so Bart's already having a rough start to the day at this point right and the day started so promising he was so chipper he had this great attitude and now everything's just going wrong. But even then, he's not all the way sad about his day yet. No, no, he's on the playground. He's on the monkey bars. He's like, he's like, hey, girls, look at me. He tries spinning around on the monkey bars. But when he does that, and he picks his legs up over his uh, his head, head over the bar, yeah, over the bar, his shorts rip and down. You see the his, and you see his tidy whities under his uh, his shorts there. Yep. Which he says, okay, you can stop looking at me now. <laughs> And then as he's hanging off the monkey bars, somebody plunks him in the eye with a football and he falls to the ground. Yep. Oh, and we uh, forgot to mention that one of the reasons that Bart was uh, happy in the morning was that the school field trip was, was a field trip to the chocolate factory. The chocolate factory. I know, what a field trip. <sighs> that, that sounds like an amazing field trip to Especially, me. Especially like at that age. Yeah. That great. I mean, yeah, sure, we got to go to the zoo, but it was always hot as hell. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids are back in class, and I think Miss uh, Krabappel says, okay, time to go on the field trip. Everybody hand in your permission slip. And then at this point, Bart realizes he left his permission slip at home. Yes, lets out a big scream. Ah! <laughs> and, we, and the camera pans through all of Springfield to show the... Uh, Permission slip on his bed, signed by Marge. <laughs> yeah, right, right under his pillow, just yep. waiting for him to pick it up and take it out. And 
Bart is going to be forced to spend the day with Principal Skinner. Yes, he is. But in the meantime, we see Lisa, I'm going to eat eight pieces of chocolate. And then Ralph's like, I'm going to eat chocolate till I barf. Yep. Oh, while this is happening, Principal Skinner, along with Bart, is like, here's a whole box of unsealed envelopes for the PTA. Bart's like, you're making me lick envelopes? Oh, licking envelopes can be fun. All you have to do is make a game out of it. Bart's like, what kind of game? Well, for example, you could see how many you could lick in one hour and then try to beat that record. <laughs> and Bart says, sounds like a pretty crappy game to me. And Skinner, yes, well, get started. <laughs> it's you got no choice, kid. You got no choice. Yes. And meanwhile, we cut back to... Uh the kids field trip and they are at the off-fudge chocolate factory and being greeted by Coco Beanie himself. Coco Beanie himself, yes. And uh, Lisa's like, I think this is something Bart would really have enjoyed, but it's the only way he'll learn. <laughs> She's still taking pleasure in Bart's misery. Yep. And so uh, I guess they put the kids in a little auditorium there at the factory mm -hmm. and they're going to watch a uh, film about the factory. And one of my favorite reoccurring characters, of course, shows up in this video, and you hear, I'm Troy McClure. Yes. <laughs> you, you can always be sure you're going to hear that line when he shows up. Yes. The legend that was Phil Harton. Yep. Yes. So the uh, educational film opens up. It's like, welcome to the Chocolate Factory. I'm Troy McClure. You probably remember me from such films as The Revenge of Abe Lincoln, and the wackiest covered wagon in the West. I really want to see the revenge of Abe Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, is this a zombified I Abe know, Lincoln right? or something? Uh, anyway, by the way, that's one thing about Troy McClure. The movies he always stars in, they always have these ridiculous names. Yes, they do. He's a big B-movie star, there I guess. <laughs> anyway, so we hear Native American music in the background. Yes. Right, and he, they're trying to explain the history of chocolate, right? Yes. And the scene starts at an Aztec pyramid, right? And this, like, the history of chocolate begins with the ancient Aztecs. As we see some kids uh, holding on to the ah fudge candy bars, right? Mm -hmm. And he keeps going, right? In those days, instead of being wrapped in a hygienic package, chocolate was wrapped in a tobacco leaf. And instead of being pure chocolate like we have today, it was mixed with shredded tobacco. And they didn't eat it, they smoked it. Right, by the way, uh, would you say the Indian they're using is kind of very uh, stereotypical looking? Oh yeah, well it's not even an Aztec. Indian. No, That's no. Sure. It actually looks like, uh, uh, I don't even know if they're allowed to use it as a logo anymore. Remember Chief Wahoo? Yeah, from the Indians. Cleveland Indians, yeah, yeah the baseball team. Yeah, it kind of looks it like It looks that. like Chief Wahoo. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, it was like, that doesn't look like Aztec guy to me at all. Yeah, I don't know if they still use Chief Wahoo or not, or they, that got, you know, canceled or, you know, whatever, but... Yeah, yeah, I, I need, I, I keep up with baseball, but not the Indians, so anyway. So while all of this is happening, Bart is licking envelopes. And he's watching the second hand uh, clock tick, right? Yeah. And second one, by second. Second by second. And at one point, it seems it seems it to go back. It right? goes back. It goes back one time. He's like, oh. Anyway, while Bart is miserable, 
Uh, the kids are having a blast at the factory. Oh, they're jumping in the vats. They're eating everything in sight. It's they're kicking Coco Beanie around. They're kicking Coco Beanie around. Uh, I think even Ralph is laying on the assembly line, just having chocolate poured into his mouth. Uh huh. Yeah. Wendell, the kid that usually pukes, is swimming in yes, the chocolate. In chocolate. Yep. Oh, it's it's just chaos. But Bart notices that it's almost three p.m. And his tongue is so dry. Yeah. I mean, you can even see it on the cartoon. It's swollen, yeah. yeah. It's just... And so he asks uh, Principal Skinner with his messed up tongue, can I go now? <laughs> Which is super funny. And Principal Skinner can't really understand him, right? So he writes it. Uh, we have to remember, right? Bart is left-handed, so he's going to write it with his left hand. And he writes out, can I go now? And to which Skinner says, well, it's a minute early. Okay, just don't let your teacher let don't let your teacher know I let you go early. Yep. He's like, oh, I won't. And he walks out. He grabs a skateboard, and as soon as he steps foot outside of Springfield Elementary, it starts to rain again. Yeah. So now Bart is skateboarding home. The bus, which is coming back from the Offage Chocolate Factory, soaks him again. Yep. And, and as this happens. The wheel, one of his, one of the wheels on the skateboard breaks off, and he takes a nasty tumble to a what, how do you describe it? A basement. A uh, uh, stairwell down to a basement. Yeah. But the, there's a basement office, ba basement club. Yeah. You know, like an old speakeasy. Yeah, something like that, right? So Bart takes a tumble down the concrete stairs, and when he gets up, he is surrounded with about a dozen gun barrels all pointing at him. Yep, and he's like. What's next? Uh-oh. <laughs> he shouldn't have asked that because as soon as he asked that, that's when he had the guns all in his yeah, face. exactly. <clears throat> so then we're cutting scenes here. We're going into the next act of the episode. Yep. And we see our favorite mobster, Fat Tony. And the other members of the Legitimate Businessmen's Social Club. Yes, yes. That is actually what it says on the placard outside of the door. The Legitimate Businessmen's Social Club. Not suspicious at all. Not at all. So, um, Tony is trying to find out if Bart can be of any use. Yeah, they're trying to figure out why he's there first. Making uh -huh. sure he's not a cop, obviously, or something like uh -huh. that. Because they, they grab him, he's like, uh, what did he say? Don't, let go of the threads, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And the kid's like, oh, and then Tony's like, oh, the kid's got spunk. Yeah, the kid's got uh, spunk. And he's like, uh, pick a horse, kid. We're putting $2 on the Thoid race. Make it a good one. And Bart says, eat my shorts. And Tony says, eat my shorts. Ah, okay. And then he looks at the racing forms like, let's see. Wait a minute, you little punk. Eat my shorts is in the fifth race. I said third race. Don't have a cow. And then Tony goes, hmm, don't have a cow in the third. Put a deuce on him. There you go. And so they're waiting for the race to run, and uh, now Tony is, you know, showing Bart around their little bar there. They have their slot machine, they have their card table, and then, of course, the bar. horse race comes on. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, I really like the uh, commentary here. Yeah. As they come down the turn, it's, it's suffering succotash by a neck over yabba-dabba-doo. Two lengths back, oh, ain't I a stinker? And that's all, folks. I am what I am, can see, him, uh, can see them all. 
But here comes Don't Have a Cow flying down the outside, coming down onto the wire. It's all Don't Have a Cow! And so this is great because we get so many references in here. So we have the Suffering Succotash, which is Sylvester. Sylvester Stallone. Yabba Dabba Doo. Stallone? <laughs> Not Stallone. No, no, no. Sylvester the Cat. Yabba Dabba Doo, which is Fred, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, Uwe Inai Stinker is, of course, Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Bunny. yep. And that's all, folks, which is uh, Porky, Porky, Pig. Porky. And we have I Am What I Am, which is Popeye. So yep. A lot of uh, cartoon catchphrases represented there. Yep. Very good writing. I like that. They did. I, I did my best to recreate the uh, the uh, announcer's voice, too. Pretty good. Pretty good. You should work at an auction. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, after Tony, after after uh, Don't Have a Cow wins, Tony says, I like this kid. I can't believe we were going to shoot him. <laughs> so then they ask Bart to make a Manhattan. And he says, I don't know how to make a Manhattan. What happens? They point the guns at him again. Yep. And so lucky for Bart, there's a, a little chart behind the bar yep. that says how to make the drinks. <laughs> but do you notice it's a very filthy? It's oh, like it's all, like dust. nobody's used that forever. Yeah, he has to like wipe it down so he can read, uh, read the recipe. He reads a recipe, he goes behind the bar, he mixes it up, and he serves it. And they like it. How, yes. how do they describe it? It is supoib. Yes, Sup- not superb. Supoib. Supoib. In your best gangster voice. Yep. Meanwhile, back at the Simpson house, Bart tells his mom that he has a job. Marge isn't sure about this because you know, he want, she wants to know what, what he's getting paid to do, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, uh, well, you know, uh, I pick races, I shuffle cards, yeah, I, I make cut, a, cut I cigars. Make a, make a cocktail, yeah, yeah, cut cigars, yeah, all of that. And then, you know, Marge isn't too happy about that. And uh, she asks Homer, who is eating directly out of the tub of ice, cream. ice cream, right? He's got like an ice cream scoop and he's eating directly yeah. out of there to say something, right? And Homer's like, how much does it pay? 30 bucks a week? <laughs> no, real. I make more than that. So <laughs> Homer is obviously not concerned with... Uh, he, yeah, he's busy enjoying the ice cream and uh, doesn't want to take time to parent his kid. Yeah. So Bart continues to work for the legitimate, so, uh, gentleman's, uh, le- legitimate businessmen's social club. And the gangsters, you can say what, they, you, what you will about them, but they tip them really oh, well. They tip well, yes. They're playing poker. Um, and all of them are cheating. Yes, all of They all have aces. They all have like aces. There was about 20 aces on yeah. that table. They have like ace of uh, anchors, yep. ace of um, guitars. Yeah. You can, you name it, they had an ace for that. And they were all cheating. Just, it's just a ridiculous and, amount. Yeah, and Bart's there serving drinks and, you know, catering to these guys. Uh-huh. Very reminiscent of scenes in like uh, Goodfellas. Where like Henry, that's what Henry Hill got started, yep. and then, then of course the, of course the tragic tale of Spider, after that. So if, yeah. if you know, you know. <laughs> if not, what do you, what kind of movies are you guys watching? I know. If you've never seen Goodfellas, you're missing out. Oh my God. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and watch it after, after you listen to this. Yes. Watch it. Not and then, right now. And then after the first you. two parts of The Godfather. Yes, right. yes. You can forget about the third. <laughs> do yourself a favor and forget about the third. Anyway. Back at home, Marge is doing the laundry, and she finds $100 bills, not bill, bills, in Bart's clothes. And Bart 
snatches the money away. He's like, I was looking for those. Thanks, doll. The the nerve to call his mom doll. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, I mean, he's learning that gangster talk, so... Yeah. At least it wasn't toots. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if I would have did that at home, I would have, had, I would have got the, the taste slapped out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we cut back to the bar, and I actually I like this scene that... Bart's sitting there at the bar with all these gangsters, and they're all watching Itchy and, and Scratchy. Yes. And, and I think he's even sitting on top of, like, uh, I think he's sitting on Tony's lap. lap. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all there watching it uh-huh. with him. And uh, I guess in that episode, they loved it because it's a mob-themed episode, of course. Uh, uh, they got all the cats lined up against the wall. And uh, we had Itchy with yeah. the Gatling gun. Well, the, the Tommy gun. Tommy yeah, gun, not Tommy a Gatling gun. gun. Just shoots them all down. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mobsters, of course, they love this. I mean, it's funny because it's true, as Fat Tony says. Yep. <laughs> and this, at this point, Chief Wigan comes in. Oh, should I say bust in? Yeah, he busts. He busts in, right? Yep. And Fat Tony's like, Chief Wiggum, you honor us with your presence. To which, to which Wiggum goes, baloney. I'm not going to rest until one of us is behind bars. You! You wouldn't happen to know anything about a cigarette truck that got hijacked on Route 401. And then Fat Tony, he's playing really dumb here. Yeah, what's a truck? <laughs> <laughs> and Wiggins like, don't play dumb with me. <clears throat> and so at this point, to, invo- to avoid any more questions, Tony offers him a drink. Yep. And he says, The boy here makes an excellent Manhattan. And he offers one to Chief Wiggum. You know, he goes behind the bar, he shakes it up, he makes it, he serves it, and he has a sip. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so everything that he came in for is now off the table. Yep. The gangsters are off the hook for at least a while. He got his free drink. Yeah. He's going to go back to work nice and tipsy, I think. Yep. Ready to go. And next thing we know, Homer is walking past Bart's room. And Bart's room is filled. Just filled. It's just from like from the floor to the ceiling. Just cartons of cigarettes everywhere. Cartons of cigarettes all over his room. There's barely enough room for Bart in there. Yes. And when Homer sees this, he is not too happy. He yep. thinks that Bart has taken up smoking. I mean, if I see a, a huge amount of cigarettes in my kid's room. I'm not going to assume he's smoking. I'm, I'm assuming he's... Yeah, there's something, something, else, going something else going on. Yeah. If I see a pack of cigarettes, they then yeah, smoking, yeah, yeah, he's smoking, right? But anyway, Bart... I'm sorry, Homer uh, assumes that Bart is smoking, and he threatens to make Bart smoke every single one of them while he watches just to teach him a lesson, right? Yeah, so this was an old-school method that people used to use. You know, yeah. They wanted to discourage your kid from... Smoking? You made him smoke the whole pack at once. Yeah, until he puked. Until, until they puked. Until yeah. they puked and they were sick as a dog for like a day or two. They would never want to smoke again. But we don't do that anymore. No, we don't do that. Anyway, so just while he's threatening to do this, a delivery a delivery guy comes back, comes in, and he says he's there to pick up the cigarettes for Fat Tony. And then Homer says, son, I'll never doubt you again. But before this, the uh, delivery man sees Bart with the cigarette in his mouth. He's like, hey, kid, you look good with the cigarette in your mouth. Kind of sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> Which is 
if you don't know, the way they used to advertise cigarettes a lot. It was a, it was a status thing. Yeah, it was a flashy for thing. sophisticated men and women. Yes. Right. Bums couldn't afford it, but sophisticated men and women could. Yep. Next thing we know, we're having a press conference. Yes, we're uh, sitting in front of the family TV, and uh, Chief Wiggum is on the news, saying that twelve thousand cartons of uh, Laramie 100s were stolen. And he says, let me assure you, let me assure all you smokers out there, there is no shortage of cigarettes. And somebody concerned, how do we know that? Um, let me refer the question back to Jack Larson of Laramie Tobacco Products. Jack? And he's got this real sleazy looking guy get on the mic. And, so, yeah. Thank you, Chief. Folks, I'm pleased to announce that a new truckload of Laramie's with their smooth, good taste and fresh tobacco flavor is already headed towards Springfield. The driver has been ordered to ignore all stop signs and crosswalks. And so big cheer from the crowd. After yep, that. I guess they're all smokers. They're, all, they're dying, all smokers. dying to get their cigs. And then to put the cherry on top of this story, we have uh, Kent Brockman add that police suspect the involvement of, of course, their famous mobster, William Fat Tony Williams. Which makes me ask, where do they get Tony from? I know, I know. Maybe his middle name's Anthony? I, I have oh. no idea. William Williams? Fat Tony? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I guess we have to, I have to do some more deep research on And I Fat like Tony. how Wiggum tries to uh, assure the public here. Fat Tony is a cancer on this fair city. He is the cancer, and I am the, um... Then he asked somebody, what cures cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just saying the cure for cancer, yeah. he wants to know what cures cancer. Nothing does, nothing yet anyway. Yeah. Well, officially. Uh, then we come back to the Simpson living, uh, living room, right? And Lisa is, you know, pretty shocked. She's asking Bart, Bart, is your boss a crook? And Bart's like, I don't think so. Although it would explain an awful lot, yep. I guess he's never actually uh, bothered to think about what's going on in the legitimate businessmen social club. True. Next thing we know, we're back at the club and Fat Tony gives Bart a present for the, because he's really grateful for all of his help, especially with the cigarettes. Yep. And Bart goes, uh, say, are you guys crooks? And Fat Tony goes, Bart, um, is it wrong to steal a loaf of bread to feed your st starving family? Bart says, no. Well, suppose you have a large starving family. Is it wrong to steal a truckload of bread to feed them? And Bart's thinking about it, uh, okay. And what if your family don't like bread? They like cigarettes. And Bart says, okay, I guess that's okay. Now, what if instead of giving them away, you sold them at a price that was practically giving them away. Would that be a crime, Bart? He says, hell no. <laughs> and Tony says, enjoy your gift. And he put, you know, next thing we know, we're at the, at the, at the Simpson house. Yep. And Bart is walking around in his tailored suit, to which he says, Supoib. Mm -hmm. Yes, so he's wearing one of those shiny mob suits. Yeah. Looks good. <laughs> and he even starts singing some Sinatra. Yeah, I think it's witchcraft. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's even singing those uh, 40s Sinatra songs as he's walking around. And he sees Marge like, give me three fingers of milk, Ma. <laughs> and Marge is not like that. Now, mm -hmm. in case you don't know, 
Uh, three fingers is a way that you typically order whiskey. alcohol or yeah, or whiskey. So you get three fingers of whiskey. You know that's how you order. It. Yeah. Bart has picked up the uh, the vernacular. Yep, but of course he's still a kid, so he wants three fingers of milk. Yep. And that evening, Marge talks to Homer about Bart's job. She's like, I'm not sure about the people Bart's working for. I think they're criminals. Homer's like, a job's a job. And I love this part by Homer because one of the rare times that Homer makes a really good point. Uh-huh. Yep. He's like, I mean, take me. If my plant pollutes the water and poisons the town, by your logic, that would make me a criminal. Exactly. Right. Marge is not complaining about the money coming in from Homer job, so... So why is she complaining about <laughs> Bart, go. right? Exactly. <laughs> and then Marge is like, that piece of delivery truck has been parked across the street for two weeks. They're like, uh, how long does it take to deliver a pizza? And we cut to the two the, guys inside listening to everything. The guy goes, looks like our, cover been, uh, like our cover's been blown. The other guy's like, let's roll. And they speed off. And then Homer is like, see, it was all your imagination. And right after that, a new truck pulls in. And the, uh, the sign on this one is uh, Flowers by Irene. F-B-I. yes. Flowers by Irene. <laughs> and so Marge is still talking to Homer. She's very concerned. And she finally convinces Homer that he's going to go see where Bart works and what's going on. With yeah. So he and again, paid, yeah. And again, this is a... A lot of the stuff, big callback to these classic mob movies. Um, the selling of the cigarettes, that's a big thing that the younger yeah. kids do in, uh, in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And uh, working at the bar like that, too. Um, they got to start young. Yeah, so you like, can, that's even like one of the plots in what, A Bronx Tale yeah. also, and everything like that. Yeah. Why do they start them so young? So they can learn to trust them, guys. That's exactly. right, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't trust them. They're not going to make, they're not going to have them work for them, right? They get their, so they get them young. who's loyal, who's a rat, all that at a young age. Yep. Yep. So next thing we know, we see Homer playing poker. <laughs> and he's like, hey, hey, read them and, read them and weep, boys. Another pair of sixes. Homer has garbage cards during this scene, by the way. Yeah. I think he's got like a king, seven, six, two, and something like that. And another six. Yeah. And, of course, all the mobsters have aces and full houses and all that. And they all just fold their cards. They're like, beats me. I was bluffing, says another guy, right? Yeah. And uh, Tony's like, fat Tony's like, I'm thrilled you decided to let your boy continue to work here. And Homer's line here is great. You know, if you ever need a hat check, girl, I've got a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony's like, Homer, you're a hell of a father. So obviously they've been buttering up Homer, letting him win this whole time, sending him home with some cash, mm-hmm. you know, get him off their back. Yep. Homer goes back to the Simpson house and he tells Marge everything seems legitimate. Everything's square. <laughs> yep. And the next thing we know, we're at... Springfield Elementary, and Bart is kind of like uh, working his own little crew there. Yeah, he's uh, he's in his suit now, uh-huh. ordering his little cronies around. And they're drawing, uh, they're graffitiing uh, Skinner. Skinner, right? Says, and of course they have a little caption on it that says, "I'm still a wiener," yeah. on it, right? And Skinner asks, "What's up?" Right? And Bart turns around. Stuffs a hundred in his shirt pocket, slaps him on the cheek, and says, uh, "What? Don't worry about it." Basically, oh, yep. 
And of course, Skinner's not buying any of this. And next thing we know, we have Skinner watching Bart write, I will not bribe Principal Skinner on the blackboard. So we get two chalkboard gags. In two this. for the price of one. Yes, the two rare mid-episode chalkboard gag. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, back at the club, uh, I guess the... The head, mobsters are, yeah, having a meeting. I yeah, guess the, another crime syndicate is hanging out with Fat Tony and his guys. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess Fat Tony's really trying to impress this guy. He's probably the Don or something. Yeah, like the, the, the big crime lord yep. of the area, right? The they, This guy, or the big cheese, mm -hmm. he's like, you invited me to try some of the finest Manhattans in all of Springfield. But where are they? Bart's not there. Bart has been kept after school, I'm guessing for detention with Principal Skinner. Mm -hmm. And so now Tony is panicking because his, you know... The bartender isn't there. Exactly. So he tells Lou to make, uh, Louie to make some, right? And, of course, he does not do a good job like Bart. Yes, the Big Cheese takes a sip of his drink. He gets up. Walks right over to Fat Tony. Before he, before that, he's like, what have I done to oh, deserve right. this flat, flavorless Manhattan? He makes it very apparent that he's insulted by the quality of this drink. Walks over to Fat Tony and gives him a kiss. To which Fat Tony is now terrified because he says, the kiss, kiss of, of death. death. Yes. So apparently the hit is out. Mm -hmm. By the way, the kiss of death, guys, if you don't know monster movies, please go watch Goodfellas. Anyway. Uh, as soon as they leave, Bart comes in and he's grumbling. He's upset. He puts on his apron after he takes off his coat. He's and, mumbling to himself about, uh, yeah, about Skinner. And then Tony's like, you're late. Yeah. And he's like, of course I'm late. How can I be, how can I be to work on time at Principal Skinner's keeping me after school? And he pours himself a shot of milk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Tony's like, is this Skinner guy bothering you? Is he giving you trouble? Bart says, yeah. Yes, yes, Patron. Yes, he is Patron. Patron, yes. He's, then he says, uh, he's going to go meet and greet this individual as Bart pours himself another shot of milk. And again, to reference a mob movie, good scene in Goodfellas, um, when Henry's a kid and... Uh, he gets that notice from the school oh, yeah. that he hasn't been to school in three months and his dad kicks his ass for it. And so what do the mobsters do? <laughs> they go find the mailman and beat him up and say, any mail from that school to that kid's house comes here, not over there. Yep, they <laughs> so want to protect that kid. They want to protect that kid. So which Tony is going to extend that courtesy yep. to Bart. <laughs> of course, you notice that the gangsters don't go after the mom and dad. No. That's, that's off limits. That's off limits. No, they, they'll never do that, but they will go after Believe it or not, everything. there is a code amongst criminals. Yes, there <laughs> <Sometimes>. is. <laughs> and they tend to honor the code, unless, of course, they want to get screwed over themselves, right? Exactly. Meanwhile, back at school, the, the principal secretary is like, there are some large men to see you, sir. And, Spring, and Skinner's like, uh, I don't have any appointment with any large men. And this is when Fat Tony and the two other big dudes come in. Mm -hmm. And Fat Tony goes, you Skinner? And Skinner goes, I'm Principal Skinner, yes. And how, may I ask, did you get past the hall monitors? Mm -hmm. And so we kind of just cut scene here. Yep. 
So Tony's in there with the two heavies and Principal Skinner. By the way, what can what the hell are the hall monitors gonna do to these? Yeah, no, that's a little. It's an it's an elementary. Yeah, the hall funny. monitors are kids. Who's usually the hall monitor? Isn't it Martin or one of those kids? Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> They're not gonna do anything. So next thing we know, Bart is uh, having a good time in school as he's drawing a uh, Principal Skinner hanging from a noose, and you can see his tongue sticking out. You know, he's dead, right? And this is when Mrs. Krabobble comes in and she's in near, near in tears, right? Yes. She's almost crying. And she's like, Principal Skinner is missing. And the class starts to cheer, except for Bart. He says, uh-oh. Because yeah. he, he thinks he might be the cause of that. Some, yeah. I'm pretty sure Bart thought maybe they'll rough him up a little bit, get the message across. But uh, if he's missing, yeah, that's not a good sign. So the search for Skinner goes on. Yes, yeah, we see uh, newspapers, all this, you know. They're dredging the river. Yes, they're looking for bodies everywhere. They're putting posters up everywhere, and then we see police uh, chief Wiggum in another press conference like, I can assure you we're using the most advanced scientific techniques in the field of body finding. And this is when so, yeah, they're bringing a psychic to do this. All right, so now we have this gypsy woman. <laughs> like, I see wedding bells for Vanna White and Ted, Teddy Kennedy. And Chief Wiggum's like, please, Princess Opal, please, just stick, if you could stick with Principal Skinner. And she's like, Chief Wiggum, I am merely a conduit for the spirits. <gasps> Willie Nelson will astound his fans by swimming the English Channel. Really? Willie Nelson? <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of shows you the date of those jokes, though. Vanna White, Ted Kennedy, and Willie Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are very old jokes. Next thing we know, we see the Seymour Skinner Memorial Fire Hose being dedicated because Mrs. Krabobble does let us know that he loved fire drills yeah. as he's trying to fight back the tears. Yeah. And Skinner was such a square that I completely believe that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, we're at the playground now. We see Lewis, the little black kid, and he's laying on the ground covered with leaves. And he's like, hey, look at me. I'm Skinner's body. And Bart goes, that's not funny, Lewis. And then Miles yeah, says, well, I heard Skinner's buried under his parking spot. <laughs> and another, yeah, another kid says, I heard he was ground up in the hamburger meat and served to us at lunch. And then Nelson says, I heard Bart had Skinner killed by gangsters. <laughs> and Bart's like, that's not true. It's just a rumor. You're engaged in speculation. I know the law. You can't prove anything. <laughs> I guess so it's been paying attention. Yes, that's been rubbed off from the gangsters, of course. Uh -huh. And uh, Bart... We cut to Bart asleep. Yeah, he's yeah. asleep now, right? And he's having a nightmare where they find Skinner's body and... He says, you killed me, Bart. And Bart is thrown into jail, or as the dream calls it. The death house. The death house. Yes. The next thing we know, we see Reverend Lovejoy with Bart. He's like, Reverend Lovejoy, you've come to comfort me? And Reverend Lovejoy is like, yes, Bart. They're there. They're there. <laughs> That's how he's comforting them, right? Just they're there. Yeah. They're there. I did this to a friend of mine at school once, this is when we were going to college, she was having a really bad day, I'm like, they're there, they're there. Yeah. 
Good thing she was a fan of The Simpsons because she got the reference. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, anyway. So, outside of the prison, we see a crowd, including Homer, and they're all demanding Bart die. And Bart and Homer's like, kill my boy. Yep. Kill my boy. And they place Bart on the electric chair, but he's kind of small, so they have to sit him on top of a... Uh, Telephone books? Do they still have those? Nah, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen one in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, that's who used to find uh, phone numbers. Yeah, you still have to look them up in telephone books. These books were usually huge. Well, depending on the size of the city you lived in. Yeah. They were usually pretty damn big. I mean, they were pretty big here. I can't imagine how they were in New York yeah. and Houston. Yeah. yeah, there's no way. How much paper did we waste on those things over the years? Good Lord. Hey, if you're a paper salesman like Dwight Schrute, yeah, there you go. you'd be making a lot of money. <laughs> anyway, so they have to sit him on top of one of these things so the uh, helmet, the metal helmet can fit over his head. Uh, then they, they kind of like place a bag over his head. They pull the switch. And he wakes up. He wakes up in a fright. Yep. Yes. And... So now Bart has to get to the bottom of this. It's yeah. killing him and his conscience. So he goes to the club. Not to school. Not he goes, school. To, the he goes club. to the club. And he asks straight out, did you kill my principal? <laughs> and Tony goes, oh, the Chinese guy with the mustache? <laughs> He's like, no, my principal, Principal Skinner. He's like, oh, no, we didn't kill Skinner. And at this point, Chief Wiggum busts in again and he arrests everyone, including Bart. For the murder of Seymour Skinner. And now Bart is in jail, just like he dreamed. And then, of course, his parents show up. And Marge, you can hear in her voice, she's just, oh, Bart. Why couldn't you have gotten a paper route like other boys? <laughs> <laughs> and Bart's like, oh, when he sees Lionel Hutz, right? Uh, yes. What's that guy doing here? And Lionel Hutz is like, um, <clears throat> I'm your court-appointed attorney. I'll be defending you on the charge of, and he reads it, murder one, wow. Even if I lose, I'll be famous. Now, is Lionel Hutz voiced by Phil Hartman yes, as well? Yes, he is. Yes, he okay, is. Okay, as you can tell. Or I don't know if maybe it was, because uh, I know um, Phil Hartman's brother does voice work too. But. No, no, this is why we never see Lionel Hutz again after the death of Phil Hartman. That's true. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um. Uh, <clears throat> Now we see Burns and Smithers reading the newspaper. And uh, Smithers goes, that Simpson boy is looking at getting 180 years. And <laughs> Mr. Burns, love Mr. Burns. Thank God we live in a country so hysterical over crime that a 10-year-old child can be tried as an adult. <laughs> yep. Next thing we know, we're at the trial. And Tony, Fat Tony's like, I didn't order this Skinner guy killed. And the district attorney is like, but aren't you the head of this gang? And Fat Tony goes, no, I just stopped by the club occasionally to read the complimentary newspaper. And the DA goes, then who is the kingpin, the capo del tutti capi? Of course, uh, if this means the head of all heads, yes. right? Uh, Tony goes, that's the guy. And he points at Bart. And everybody, <laughs> And Bart's like, hey. And Fat Tony's like, Forgive me, Don Bartholomew. <laughs> <laughs> and 
We're having more gangsters show up on the witness stand here. And, and they even have that little thing in the background showing the hierarchy of everything. Yes, yes. And Bart is at the very top. Yes, apparently this 10-year-old boy is the kingpin of this, this whole organization. Criminal enterprise. They're all ratting out Bart. They're yeah. all throwing him under the bus. And uh, Lionel Hutz is like, Mr. Simpson. Yes, Homer's on the stand at one point. Uh-huh. He's like, Mr. Simpson, you've been, uh, you've been the boy's father for 10 years. Do you really think he could be the leader of a murderous criminal syndicate? And then Homer goes, well, not the leader. I mean, and he looks over at Bart. Oh, it's true. It's true. All the pieces fit. And he starts to cry. <laughs> oh, my God. He just rolled over on his yeah, own son. Yeah, real bad. So the judge here is now, well, now in light of the damning testimony from your fellow gangsters, your father, your teachers, and the seemingly endless parade of emotionally shattered babysitters, he's and, about to sentence Bart. Uh -huh. He's about to find him guilty. But before this happens, the courtroom door swings open very, very loudly. And we see Principal Skinner walk in. And he's got a beard growing, his clothes are all messed up. He looks like he hasn't slept in days. He looks like he's been through it. Yep. He looks like he's been through it, right? And um, he starts to tell his stories, right? He says that Tony and his goons came to talk to him and, th and he threw them out. Yes. And, and so to apparently, release, yeah, yeah, apparently Skinner just told him to get the hell out of his office. So yep. there you go. And to release the tension, the anxiety that he was feeling, he felt the need to go home and begin bundling his old newspapers. <laughs> but a huge stack of newspapers fell on top of him. Which he even says in his principal voice, let this be a lesson to recycle regularly. <laughs> yep. And he says, I was trapped under a pile of papers, but I survived that week by eating my, my mother's delicious preserves and I pre he preserved his sanity by dribbling a basketball that he could barely reach with one hand. He's like, I made a game of it, seeing how many times I could bounce <laughs> the ball in a day and then trying to beat that record. Skinner. Yeah, I know. Skinner's such a square. Yeah, he is. He's as white as toast. Yeah. Anyway. And then he says, the police came to search the house. And we even hear Chief Wiggum, find anything this time, boys? And the cop goes, no, no sign of him, chief. They're opening his, you know, mattress. They're looking everywhere. They and even have the psychic with them. Princess Opal? And she says, I see nothing here, but I'm afraid it's Splitsville for Delta Burke and Major Dad. And Wiggum's like, but they seem so happy. Yeah. While all this is happening, Principal Skinner is yelling, I'm in here! Yeah, top of his lungs. Of course, no one... Yes, the incompetence of the Springfield yeah, no Police Department. Yeah. No one bothers to check the garage. They don't, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But they're not doing their job very well. So he's like... He has to get out of there himself. Uh -huh. He knows it. And he uses a little fourth grade chemistry to build a rocket. And he attaches the rocket to a vacuum cleaner cord. which And he wraps the cord around a support beam. So he switches uh, the cord, the retractor, the retractor after, after the rocket's been launched and the cord pulls him out of the pile of newspapers. Yes. And I like how he describes this whole thing. He's like, I use the, the discarded 
lemon juice and what like baking soda or something like that, right? To yeah. make the fuel for the rocket fuel for- from his time as a fourth grade chemistry teacher. <laughs> By the way, how out of shape was he that he couldn't even get out of a pile of paper? Well, I mean, that must have been a huge pile of music. I mean, it was a huge pile, but really, it wasn't like a room full. Yeah. I mean, a room full, yeah, I can see it, but just a pile? Uh, I mean, Skinner's such an interesting character. He's so square, but at the same time, he's throwing mobsters out of his office. Like, yeah, without any fear whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, he's yep. such a weird guy. And at this point, the, the judge bangs his gavel and he says, Case dismissed. And Lionel Hutz goes, Your Honor, do I still get paid? <laughs> and I do like how the DA asked that. He's like, I asked that uh, Skinner's testimony be stricken from the record. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the judge goes, like, Denied! Denied! <laughs> Next thing we know, we're standing outside the courthouse. And Fat Tony walks up to Bart. He's like, Hey, Bart, I hope there are no hard feelings. And Bart goes, Get bent! Like, I deserve that. And then Fat Tony goes, me and the boys, we still think you've got a, b- a big future in racketeering and extortion. And Bart goes, sorry, Fat Tony. I used to think your gang was cool, but now I learned that crime doesn't pay. And he, Fat Tony goes, yeah, you're right. As they all climb as a, into As a limo pulls up with a beautiful woman inside, and then a whole caravan of limos pulls up for the, for yes. the other guys, right? Yep, yep, yep. Crime does not pay. Next thing we know, we're at home and they're watching TV and there's an announcer and they're advertising a new movie. Yes, Blood on the Blackboard, the Bart Simpson story. Starring Richard Chamberlain as Principal Skinner, Joe Montana as Fat Tony. By the way, doesn't he play a lot of uh, gangsters? Yeah, Joe Montana. And he is the voice of Fat Tony. Yes, yeah. He is the voice of Fat Tony. <laughs> Jane Seymour as the woman he loved, and TV's Doogie Hauser, Neil Patrick House- Harris as Bart Simpson. Man, so this shows that, you know, kind of the age of this when Neil Patrick Harris was still Doogie Hauser. Yeah, yep. you younger listeners probably know him from, uh, what's that show? How I Met Your Mother? There you go, How I Met Your Mother. That's how you probably was know his name there, Barney? I think so. I, he wears I a never, suit all the time. Yeah, right? I, I never watched the show, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. his name. I didn't watch it all. So, all right. So, like, uh, but he was a huge child actor. Yes, he was big time. I think he was like uh, pretty the biggest one out. Yeah, there he was. Long. Yeah, he was a big deal in his day. Uh-huh. And here we have uh, the character playing Tony saying, "Bart, I'm scared. Let's get out of here." And then uh, the fake Bart goes, "Shut up." Where do you want it, Skinner? And he's holding a gun at him, right? Uh, and at this point, the, the principal Skinner spits on him. And Bart goes, not smart. And then he just empties the clip on him. Boom, 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 boom. Bart's there, cool. <laughs> and then Homer's like, hey, when do we get a check for this? And then Marge goes, well, they changed the story. They said they changed the story enough, just enough so they don't have to pay us. And then Homer goes, you know who the real crooks are? Those sleazy Hollywood producers. Which is a great joke because they've used so many references to so many movies in this episode. Of course. Of course. Not giving them any credit. It's changed it just enough. So they don't have to give them any credit or any royalties. Exactly. It's just they're making fun of themselves here. Yeah. Uh, So, what are the big takeaways here? 
uh, I I love the whole nostalgia feeling of it. Yeah. Because of course, Goodfellas. Yeah. All those things. Bronze right? Tale, Godfather. Yeah. So it gave me a nice nostalgic feeling while I was watching this. It felt like I watched this a million times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writing was great. The jokes were great. Yeah. Um, the fact that the club was the legitimate business yes. social club. Uh, I mean, it's an all-around great episode. Uh, what was uh, your your favorite elements of this? Oh, I, I, I mean, I love... Anytime Fat Tony's in an episode, I'm in. I, lo- I love the gangsters of, of The Simpsons. Um, again, I love... Of course, Bart would be working at the bar, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, again, mob theme episode, I'm in. Like, I'm totally <laughs> yep. And we see Edna Krabappel kind of breaking down when, yeah. when she thinks Skinner is lost. Which I guess is a little precursor to the uh, relationship that they will have later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, we can start to see the seeds of it Yes, here. yes. Um, the fact that we all think that Bart is headed toward a criminal life, yep. and here he was actually living it and having a very good time doing it too. Yep. But also realizing it wasn't for him. Yeah. At the end. At the very end, he's like, "Nope, nope, nope." I thought you guys were cool, but at the very end, they all tried diming him out. Yeah, they all rolled over on him. So. Yep. Uh, they all turned out to be rats. Anyway. Um, Homer's half-ass involvement. Yeah, his ignorance. Yeah. He was just being willfully ignorant here, I think. Like, how are you going to not notice all these things happening, especially with your only son? Yeah, and all the money he's bringing home, too. Yeah. uh, Marge, I wonder if I would have... Like I said, my mom would have slapped the taste out of me or would have called her daughter or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But why does Marge not mention this to Homer? I don't know. Anyway, so out of, on a scale of one to five don't nuts, what would you give this episode? This one, this one's a five donut episode for me. Just easy. All the references, the subject matter. Like I said, I'm a sucker for mob stuff. This one for me, straight five donuts. Uh, I'll agree with you there. This is an absolute classic. Very much so. And guys, I am not kidding when I say this could. Normally, I'd say we could turn this into a three-hour podcast where we talk about all the references. This one could be four or five hours. Yeah, for sure. Because they weren't just referencing movies. They were referencing TV shows. And they were referencing actual gangsters. Yeah. Movies. Like, yeah. It, it was just amazing, amazing writing that they could squeeze all of this in into 22 and a half minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this one's straight. First ballot Hall of Fame Simpsons episode in my yes. It's, it's right up there. It's in the top 10 pantheon, I yeah. think. First team all Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's number one, but it's in the top 10. Yeah, somewhere. for sure it's in the top 10, without a doubt. Maybe after we finish this, we should uh, do a ranking of our... We'll do that. Uh, ...of our individual favorite episodes, mm-hmm. and then we'll see uh, what we have in common. Yeah. But we have 27 more seasons to go. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> quite, a, quite a few. Yep, yep. All right, guys, so uh, this will conclude our episode. Uh, But before we leave, I'd like to remind you all to uh, visit our official show Instagram page. It's official underscore homers underscore donuts without the apostrophes. Uh, Like I said, feel free. uh, I follow back everyone back. 
If you want to send me a message or it's something you think I, that we can do to make this show better for you, let me know. We're open for advice, for suggestions. Very Anything so. that you guys think will help us out, feel free to let us know. Uh, there, is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, no, it's election day. Um, so no matter what happens, everybody be cool. Yep, yep. Be cool, guys. The sun is still going to rise tomorrow, regardless of what anybody says. Yes. The sun will still the sun will come out tomorrow, as Annie sang. And just remember, we're all in this together still. So. Yes, it is. As far as I know, it's still one country, right? Yes, exactly. It is the United States of America. Let's try to keep it that way. And until next week, our war suckers.